Lord, we thank you for your word to us. In your written word. And help us to take seriously this morning the words of you who are the living word, Jesus Christ. Open our minds and our hearts to hear what you are saying to each of us. This we ask and pray in your precious name. Amen. Two years ago, I had just uh, retired after 36 years ministry <coughs> in the uh, Diocese of Liverpool. And the question I was asked over and over again was, what are you going to do now? And I would say, oh, I hope to write a book, which incidentally I've still not done. <laughs> oh, and I, uh, I would love to start playing golf again. Now, that has also proved to be easier said than done. I went to see a club professional some months ago. Well, it's a long time since you've played. Over 36 years, you'll need some lessons. So, I had some lessons. And I was already beginning to focus on the cost. I took one of my clubs along to the professional and he laughed and said, I haven't seen a club like that for years and years. Wow, that should be in a museum. I think you'll need some new clubs and a new bag and your shoes. You'll need some new shoes as well. The cost had already become considerable. Then I was told that if I wanted to play 18 holes as a visitor, it would be so much in the summer and so much in the winter. Or, of course, I could join the club and uh, it would be a sum payable by direct debit every month. Now, the real cost was becoming apparent and that is what this morning's Bible reading was all about. Counting the cost. Not of playing golf, but of something much, much more important. Counting the cost of Christian discipleship. Counting the cost of being a follower of Jesus. I was here last Sunday evening at the service, and just before I left, I was asked, can you preach next Sunday morning? <laughs> and I said, show me the Bible reading, and I'll tell you. <laughs> well, it's Luke 14, 25 to 33, they said. And I thought, oh no, only one of the most challenging passages in the whole of the Gospels. Now when you hear the word of God read, it can go in one ear and it can pass straight through and go out of the other ear. Or it can go in the ear 
and you can think about it and think, well, what does that reading mean? What is Jesus saying? What does it mean to me? Well, if you heard that reading this morning, if you listened to it, then you would have been pulled up short by those words of Jesus. There are some sayings that Jesus gave which are quite hard, quite challenging. And you cannot hear those words this morning that we heard without being startled, being shocked. They are designed to make you stop and think. And if you didn't listen to it really closely this morning, when you go home from here, get your Bible out, open it at Luke 14, and read that reading again, verses 25 to 33. What is the context of that reading? It's this. The crowds around Jesus at that time were growing and growing. But Jesus wants to make clear to people what following him costs. So he says to them, you might think that following me is easy. You've seen me perform some miracles. You've heard a bit of my teaching. You've got excited that something special is happening. You think I'm on my way to overthrow those in authority in this country. And that I'm going to be the new leader of this land, this nation. But actually, you couldn't be more wrong. You see, I'm on the way to a cross. So please take my words and me seriously, said Jesus. I'm not trying to put anyone off from following me, said Jesus. I'm merely going to be absolutely honest with you and truthful. I want you to be realistic about the cost of following me. And then come the very hard words. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So what is Jesus saying there? 
surely what he's saying is in contradiction of the fifth commandment. No, what he's actually saying is that he must come first in your life if you want to be his disciple. He must come even ahead of all those people who are dearest to you. He must be first in your life. And you see, the cost of following Jesus could not be higher. And anyone who is truly serious about following Jesus needs to count the cost. So Jesus goes on to talk about carrying your cross. Now what on earth does that mean? I'm to carry my cross. It means that total commitment to Jesus is as if your own life is over and past. Like people in Jesus' day carried their own cross to their execution. Their life was over. So being a disciple of Christ means forfeiting control of your life. Giving Christ your total loyalty. Handing your life, your complete life, over to him. Now these words of Jesus are so different to the way life is today. The real cost of many things today is hidden. People say today it's vital that you read the small print. But Jesus isn't like that. He's up front about the cost of following him. And he clearly spells out in the rest of this reading the real cost of discipleship. So he tells two little parables about counting the cost. The first is about building. My son lives in Windsor in a small Victorian terrace house which incidentally costs over half a million. It's incredible, isn't it? And he's decided he can extend his house. And of course, before they began, he had to look carefully at the cost. Could he afford it? And so on. And Jesus' first little parable in this passage is about building. He says, imagine you are decide to build something. You don't even begin to dig the foundations until you have worked out whether or not you can afford to complete the project. It's a bit like uh, showing my age now, Magnus Magnuson on Mastermind. I've started, so I'll finish. And Jesus is saying, you say you want to follow me. Are you able 
to carry on with me all the way to Jerusalem, to the cross. Do you understand what following me involves? In other words, Jesus is saying, don't start until you are sure that you'll be able to see it through. It's about calculating the total cost. An unfinished tower is often called a folly. And that is the description of somebody who starts on the Christian life without calculating the cost. And then Jesus moves on to a settled little parable. He says, imagine a king or country is facing war with another nation. Before they went into that war, they would get some intelligence about what they are facing. Are they ready to pay the price for being involved in such a war? Are they going to be able to do it? So Jesus is simply saying, when it comes to following him, count the cost before signing up. Because it really is going to cost you everything. Discipleship requires total submission and is all-consuming. And in effect, Jesus is saying, let me make this crystal clear to all of you. I'm not looking for churchgoers. I'm looking for totally committed disciples. So be sure and count the cost. Now those are difficult things. And they're difficult things not only for us as individuals, but for us as a church. In the Church of England, attendance figures have for some time been falling dramatically. And so the temptation for the leadership in the Church of England is to decide to cut the cost of commitment. To make it more appealing to more people. The temptation is to decide to reduce the number of things that you have to believe to be a Christian, to make it more palatable. Oh, it's, it's, it's easy. Just become a Christian. You can choose the bits you like, and you can ignore the other bits that are in the Word of God. No, that is not how Jesus said it. It is true, of course, that God's love and grace are unlimited and free. But as that great German pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, you can't have cheap grace. You can't have grace without discipleship. And you can't have grace without the cross. Following Christ is a serious business and it must not be undertaken lightly. So when it comes to the cost of discipleship, where are you this morning? Where am I? I want to end by asking you to imagine a three-step staircase 
And I want you to examine your own life and to ask yourself which step you are on in terms of discipleship. Many churchgoers are on step one. And step one is shallow Christianity. Those on step one believe in God and the gospel of Christ to a certain extent. So much that they want the benefits, but they don't want to pay the cost. They want to be sure that they're going to heaven and health and happiness would be nice. Bishop J.C. Ryle, who was the first Bishop of Liverpool, said, being a nominal Christian or churchgoer is cheap and easy work. So some are on that first step they want the benefits, but they don't want to pay the cost. Some people are on step two. They believe in God and Christ's gospel enough to contribute comfortably, as long as it doesn't cost too much. And at best, that is still a human-centered Christianity. But the third step is where Jesus wants you to be. On the third step, such people believe in God. They believe in the gospel enough to give their whole life to Jesus Christ. They have counted the cost and they are prepared to do whatever it takes and that is true Christianity. Let me end with an oft-told silly story. You'll all have heard it before, I'm sure. A hen and a pig approached the church and saw a notice on the notice board saying there was going to be a sermon entitled, What Can We Do to Help the Poor? Immediately, the hen suggested they should feed them ham and eggs. The pig thought for a moment and said, there's only one thing wrong with that. For you, Mr. Hen, Mrs. Hen, it would require only a small contribution. But for me, the pig, it would require total sacrifice, total commitment. Jesus said, not Michael, Jesus said, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Jesus said, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Those are challenging words indeed. Words for us to go home and think about deeply.
often think of a, an old Scottish pastor who, after he had preached, said, now I want you to go home and suck those words like a sweetie. Let's all be challenged by what the Lord has said in that reading this morning. Amen.